Good morning. Hey, the perfect customer. I recognized you as soon as you came through the door. Well, what impression did I get from you? I thought to myself, here's a person in their, uh, I wouldn't be offending you if I assumed mid-30s, mid-20s. Oh, you know what? I saw an old soul. I didn't see an old body. I, I looked directly into the eyes, which is something I never do for my fear. I saw someone in their mid-20s, as it happens, and I thought, well, there's an injury there. There's an injury that needs a bomb, and the bomb can be found in Jefferson Avenue Way Station, which is here. Welcome. Welcome, my friend. Let's get you some of this medicine. All right. I have these uh, new glasses. Uh, previous ones I'll broke because, uh, well, you see, I, I tried this uh, brew for the first time a few weeks ago, and I thought to myself, maybe a few glasses would be better than just one. And, uh, well, I had about 20 of them. And, you know, Nearly used up a keg that I had uh, purchased only that week. And those things cost roughly $150, which uh, in some neighborhoods they say $1.50, which I think is insincere. I don't like that kind of terminology. $1.50, you assume that means $1.50, and you get excited and you think a collapsible bike for $1.50 they might as well be given away for free. Maybe there's something wrong with it. Maybe this is a situation like Scanner Darkly. Maybe there's some horribly racist lesson to be learned from this that we won't get into because this is a classic Philip K. Dick novel. Or, or as I said, Philip K. Dick. His name was not Philip. I don't remember what his first name was. Something similar to that. Anyway, new glasses. These ones are made out of plastic. I apologize. I know plastic doesn't have the same mouth feel, or it doesn't, you don't hold it and feel the same sort of tactile pleasure thinking that this substance will last the lifetime of a tree. But plastic also does not have the same hardness as glass, meaning that if you were to drop it, its structure, its molecular uh, pieces will deform slightly and reform. It has the elasticity to withstand that sort of trauma. Here, let me show you. Pretty nice, huh? Hey, look, nary a crack. Now, if you were to take those keen 20-year-old eyes and zoom in onto the, the micronic structure, or, I mean, that might not be that might not be the correct terminology. If you were to really look carefully, maybe you would see cracks that the human eye could not see. But it will still hold water. But in this case, Mac Adams beer. Here we go. All right. See, the problem is with these. All right. There we go. Problems with these new uh, 
opaque glasses is that you cannot see the famous MacAdams meniscus. I keep bringing that up. Um, and I don't know if I'm either putting too little beer in, which would be an awful tragedy, or too much, which would mean I'll get beer on my hands. Uh-oh. No. Anyway, there you go. Enjoy. What do you think? How do you, how do you, how do you like that beverage? Oops. Did I leave a, uh, did I leave a, sit, uh, a syllable out of that word? Bev beverat beverage. Now I added one to that. You see, that's uh, that's something that Mac Adams beer will do to you. It'll compound your language. It'll make you so that you will either add a whole bunch to what you're saying, or it'll it'll cut out every every other syllable. You see, the language of the drunk is a sort of verbal shorthand. They communicate just in the constants, just in, you know, they'll say, now I, I didn't take the time to uh, retcon a phrase there. I just, uh, you know, the, the way people will do when they're doing a racist caricature of an Asian person I just made what I thought sounded like a drunk person with my mouth. And that's what a, uh, that's what they'll do. They, the drunk people, they don't have the time to completely fill out all the niceties of grammar because they have an idea. And if they do not put forth that idea, it'll be lost forever because their short term memory, well, it doesn't exist. The world of a drunk is really the closest you can get to actual continuity. Conti con there, I did it again. Continuity of the consciousness. They don't exist in a single point, you know, of uh, scrutiny of that consciousness, like uh, sober people, and then uh, fall back to that. They are just a shining dot in the noodle. Of consciousness. It is a noodle. I, I, I uh, consulted uh, the lab. And I, I, I put forth my theory, um, my conclusion. I said, I have a theory here, and that is that consciousness is not one single dot. It is a noodle that encompasses all sentient beings from the very, very low to the very, uh, what I would say, the um, the librarians of the world, the most, the most conscious, are librarians the most conscious? Actually, I think uh, people high on marijuana are actually the most conscious of all of them. A little bit too conscious. They can see way too much, and it's upsetting to them. They won't. They're they're unable to parse the information coming in through their fibrons, which is, um, I was, uh, I was at this lab and they, they discovered a, a new, uh, neuro neurological structure called fibrons. And they said, and I said, well, why don't you use a, a real word to describe that? And they said, why this is a perfect opportunity to invent a word since we've discovered something. So really they discovered a word that already existed. 
just had never been used, and anything outside of um, Farscape. And I said, did you get that word out of Farscape? And they said, no, we've never, we don't watch Australian television. Unfortunately, I mean, that, you're, you're missing out of a whole bunch of things. You, you, you can't watch that cricket. You can't watch um, the other ones. Right, yeah, that's, that's all the television they have. It's cricket and Farscape. And ever since Farscape was canceled, all, the, all they've had to watch um, were just the, the uh, royal weddings on television, which you may not, you might uh, have a cold heart in that matter, but I, my pity for them is boundless. I, I, I regret every day that Australians have nothing to watch on television at all. Me, every single day, I turn on the TV, and there's something different there. Never, nary a rerun. And I don't want to ever see a rerun. I don't want to experience the same day every day because I remember the day, the original, the very, very first time it happened. And it's, it's an offense to my eyes. It's, I, I cry out when I see it. It's, it's similar to a hell, the hell of boredom. The hell of just the white room with just just full of highlights magazines. It happens day to day, every once in a while. It, it, it comes up that I'm in the room full of highlights. Though the just the whitewashed walls, the the potted succulent plants, um, the middle-aged woman behind the counter who um, I never know how to speak to, and she never knows how to tell me to sit down and wait for the doctor. Boy, is that the, uh, the most uncomfortable interaction a human being could have is between himself or herself and that doctor or medical administrator. The only reason people ever die is because of this discomfort, is because people are always unwilling to speak to any medical profession or they don't, they can't afford it. Well, I mean, people also die because they're, uh, they, you know, they're killed very quickly. I, one time I was, uh, I mean, you've heard me explain maybe in a previous conversation, even though we've never met before that sleep, falling asleep is like death. And one time I fell asleep so quickly that I was not aware of the sleep process. I, I, people use the present tense sleeping to indicate that you are currently unconscious. I use that term to mean that you are in the process of falling asleep. I guess you could just say falling asleep and keep it the current, um, the use, use the current wording. I don't know why I had to invent a new one. Uh, the reason I wanted to say that is because it's a lot like the term dying. When you say dying, it doesn't mean I am currently in the death state. It means I am currently in the death process, which, you know, many, uh, Many novelists, many, oh not novelists, many self-help book writers will tell you 
you are always in the state of dying. You are always in the death process. And I, I, a lot of times I never feel like I'm dying. But someone who is dying of carbon monoxide poisoning might not feel like they're dying either. They might feel like they're on a bed of clouds being carried off to a, a gigantic mouse that will eat them. And they, if, to them, that's a wonderful thing. To them, and it is a wonderful thing. There's nothing wrong with dying. You should never go to a doctor and complain to them and say, I'm dying. Because they'd say, good, good, what are you doing here? Here, let me give you a lollipop and congratulate you. You're doing what we're set out to do. Which is to, you know, finally call up this this magazine company and say, I'm ending my subscription. I don't need it anymore. I don't need stimulation to be satisfied. Eventually I'll be satisfied with the state of nothingness. Matter of fact, it's the only thing I'd be satisfied with. Why do you think we drink Mac Adams beer? Because we don't want to bother with any sort of light pale ale or lager or something like that. We don't want to sit there and experience the the fruity notes or the hoppy flavor. We just want to cut past it. Also, we don't want to drink liquor because, ooh, not that fast. Please, goodness gracious. It's like drinking oil. I might as I would rather drink gasoline than drink vodka or whiskey. I, I might rather drink vodka than whiskey just because, uh, well, you'd rather have clean water directed into your veins rather than dirty water, am I right? And whiskey is somewhat like dirty water. And Mac Adams beer is the dirtiest water you can drink ever. And it's so dirty that you'll enjoy it. Enjoy that, enjoy that very, very weak whiskey. That very, very weak, dirty water, which I scooped out of a puddle just for you. You want another glass? Hey, I know they call me the finest salesman from here to the other very distant land. Let me get that for you. Sometimes you have to tap this thing because there's particulate matter in the tap. Oop, got a little clog there. I'm going to have to pour this out because well, I'll do a lot of terrible things. There we are. But I will not serve a mostly liquid beer. I will serve a completely liquid beer. There you are. As fine as fine could be. You know... See, I, maybe I wasn't drunk when I knocked over all those glasses. Maybe I was just talking to somebody. Anyway. You know, when people say anyway, it means they don't know what to say. It means they've lost their current point in their conscious line. And they are grasping their hands and they are, they're blinking rapidly. And they're breathing through their nose too much. In order to create a distraction. What, distra what is my distraction? Television. Television is a drawn out distraction that predicates all speech, that predicates all human interaction. 
Is predicates the right word? Uh, no, it isn't. And I'm not going to grasp for the right word. If I admit that I was using the wrong word, then you can fill, and you have the context of what I was saying, you'll know what I mean. You see, I'm not a foolish person. The reason I'm not foolish is because I admitted that I was foolish. Foolish isn't the right word either. It's ignorant. I'm very ignorant. I'm as ignorant as they come. And it will make you more ignorant if you down that glass and uh, let me fill you up again. Oh, wow. I didn't think you'd actually do that. Here, let me get... Uh, by the way, this is going to cost you about $30. You didn't know that? Unfortunately, we do not take credit card. As you can see, no, uh, no credit reading machines. Um, yeah, I'll let you. Uh, why don't you call a friend and have them bring uh, a two twenty dollars bills or two twenties and a ten, maybe some ones for a tip would be appreciated. Thank you. Now there you are. Surely you knew that those would cost some money, right? I'm not deceiving you in any fashion. Though I have deceived people in my life. And a lot of many times I thought I did not mean to deceive them. This is an unconscious deception. And it was. I was right in that excuse. Many deceptions I've made were to deceive myself. And I had to deceive myself. Otherwise I'd be living my life in fear and and uh, trepidation. Oh my, oh my goodness. Look at the time. You see what I do is uh, sometimes I don't strap my watch to my uh, wrist and I forget that time even exists as, an, as a universal institution. It is the worst universal institution. It's the institution of a dimension. I, uh, someday I want to abolish the institution of depth so that we can all live on a flat page. And therefore we wouldn't have to worry that time is running out. And time has run out for me. And you're gonna to have to down that glass and just, um, well, if you have something that's worth $30, say that, um, um, that, that chain right there you're wearing that has a big clock on it, I'm gonna need you to, I'm, I'm, I'm appraising that right now as $30. You gonna leave that right here? Thank you. I, this feels, quite light for a silver chain um but you know what uh, deception is always the key am i right we can all i can i know ways to make this heavier and more silver like anyway i'll see you next week on the jefferson avenue way station speaking platform goodbye <laughs>